In episode 462, I'm sharing with you eight things I never thought I would do since becoming a mama. You are going to love this episode. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hello, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. Today, I am sharing eight things I never thought I would do since becoming a mother. And the reason I'm sharing this is because I want to remind you that it's okay to shift course. It's okay to change your mind. And it's okay to change your mind in the next moment, the next hour, the next day. And we need to give ourselves some grace. And just because we believe something in this moment, we don't have to hold on to it. It's not gospel. We don't have to hold on to it with white knuckle grip. We can release it, let it go, and we can choose something different in the next moment, the next hour, or the next day. So that's why I wanted to share these eight things with you today in the hopes that if there's something that you've changed your mind on, that you let it go, that you don't feel guilty about it, that you simply allow yourself to change your mind whenever you want, how often you want, because there are no rules and no one says that you have to believe this one thing for the rest of your life. So let it go and remind yourself that you can change your mind and you can change your mind about the same thing a million times if you wish. It's up to you. You don't have to answer to anyone. So let's dive in. The first thing that I never thought I would do when I became a mum is I never thought I would hire a lactation consultant. I truly thought breastfeeding would be super easy. I thought that she would come out, I would put her on my chest, and voila, breastfeeding would happen. And I just thought that it was going to be really easy. And because I had such engorged breasts, probably too much information, Bambi couldn't latch on properly because it was like trying to latch on to a bowling ball. Like seriously, how? There's like It was like rock hard. So for the first 10 days, she was getting milk, but she had a very shallow latch, which was so painful on my nipples. Oh my gosh. Oof. Like toe curling painful, like a knife in my nipple. And I ended up getting a lactation consultant and she was amazing. And I've had two lactation consultants that I have spoken with throughout my breastfeeding journey. And they have been such a huge support and help. And I am so grateful. But it was something that I never thought I would need or ever thought that I would do. On reflection, and for the next baby, I will book a lactation consultant to come the day that I give birth to make sure that we are latching correctly from day one. Now, I'm still breastfeeding. Bambi is over one and I'm still breastfeeding and I love it. 
However, next birth, I will make sure I have a lactation consultant booked for when I give birth. Now, of course, we don't know what day that is, but I will say this is my guest date. So it'll be around this date, you know, can you uh, fit me in? And the lactation consultants will be flexible, which is amazing. So before you give birth, research lactation consultants, have a conversation with them, have them on speed dial, have them booked to come over on the first day or the day after you give birth, because it is so important. I cannot stress this enough. Breastfeeding is such a beautiful bonding experience and not to mention the nutrients that the babe gets from the breast milk. It's just amazing. So we want to make sure that we set ourselves up for a beautiful breastfeeding journey, a long, beautiful breastfeeding journey. So having a lactation consultant is key. That's something that I never thought I would do or need. And from my experience with Bambi, I had two, two different ones and I still chat to one of them whenever anything comes up and it's a game changer. So get yourself a lactation consultant, do some research and have them on speed dial ready for when you give birth to come over in those first few days, ideally, 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 (laughs) the first day. That is my recommendation. Okay. So the second thing I never thought I would do was get a sleep consultant. I never thought I would do this. I never thought I would do this. However, at about five months, I was not sleeping. And without me knowing, Nick researched and found this sleep consultant. Her name is Claire. She's local, which is amazing. So one night, whilst I was unaware of this, Nick was doing some research and he found Claire. He read all of the testimonials on her website. He had already been texting with her. And so in the morning when I woke up, he said to me, I've been speaking to Claire. These are her testimonials. Would you like to have a chat with her? And I think I said no at that time. And then a little bit more time went along and this mama was not getting any more sleep. And I said, okay, it's time to call Claire. And so Claire came over and we had the most beautiful four-hour chat. And she gave us so many tips and tricks from little things like just making sure that Bambi was dressed correctly in the right clothing. Like, was she warm enough? We checked the sleep environment, you know, the temperature of the room. We put on some white noise. We made sure it was dark. Like just all of these little things that I hadn't really thought about. And I guess I had this idea that because Nick had already had Leo, what they did with Leo was they weren't precious about his sleep. He slept and he slept anywhere. They would take him to restaurants in the bassinet. They would take him to the cinema and he just slept through it. They didn't make sure the room was perfectly pitch black. They didn't have white noise and he was just an amazing sleeper. So I kind of had this idea that I didn't want it to be pitch black. I wanted Bambi to be able to sleep wherever, but that just wasn't working. And so Claire gave us lots of tips and tricks. And she told me that where you want your baby to sleep long-term, it's best to do around five months. And this was the time that I had called her when Bambi was around five months. And she told me that it's because at around that five-month mark, they become really aware and it may be trickier to transition them. So Claire literally came over. We spent four hours chatting. We spoke about everything to do with Bambi's sleep. 
I had to keep a sleep journal of when she was sleeping, when she was eating, everything so that Claire could look at the natural rhythms. And she also told me how much sleep she should be getting at that age. She gave me a little document that told me per month how much day sleep they should be getting. And these were all amazing things. Like I had never been told that a baby at five months needs X amount of hours per day. So that was really helpful. And she also spoke to me about the wake windows and how much time Bambi should be having awake before she needs her next sleep and feeding and things like that. She also spoke to me about EASY, which is an acronym, and it stands for EAT, Activity, Sleep, You, which means you time. So EAT, feeding them on the booby, play with them, activity, then they go back to sleep, and then it's you time while they're sleeping. So I kind of just followed that EASY routine. So whenever Bambi would wake, I would feed her, then I'd play with her, And then she'd go back to sleep and I'd get a bit of me time. And that simple routine of easy was a game changer for me. So I'm so glad that I got a sleep consultant. And then I had access to her via text whenever I wanted. And so when Bambi hit a different month, I would say, okay, so now she's on this many hours awake and this many hours asleep. And she would just be there as a sounding board for me. And it was so helpful to have someone in my corner cheering me on and supporting me and telling me that I'm doing a great job. Never once did she force me to do anything that didn't feel right and true for me, which is amazing. And I loved that about her. And she was just there to support me, to be my cheerleader, to hold space for me and to answer any questions. So I highly recommend getting a sleep consultant and just having someone to chat to about what you're going through and what you're experiencing And she is not going to tell you, you have to do it this way. And every baby is different. She's not going to tell you, you have to do this. At the end of the day, you're the one doing it. You can take what she says and throw it out the window, or you can, you know, take it and implement some of the things. It's totally up to you. So that was really helpful. Something I didn't think I would do, but I did. And it's been amazing. And I still chat to Claire whenever you know, Bambi is reaching that next transition where she drops asleep or something like that. I say, okay, so she's X months old now. I feel like she might be ready to drop that sleep. Would that be normal? And she just texts me back saying, yep, that's normal for this age. And what you can do is cut that sleep and then add some extra to this sleep. You know, it's just such great information and a beautiful sounding board on this journey of motherhood. So I never thought I would do that. And I did it. And She's still on my speed dial and such a great person to have in my corner and a beautiful friend. So I am a big advocate for getting some sleep support. Okay, the next thing, the third thing that I never thought I would do when I became a mama is I never thought I would not have her in my room. I would joke with Nick that she would sleep between us in our bed until she was 18 seriously. And Nick's like, really? And I'm like, yep, she's going to be in our bed in the middle of us for as long as she wants until she says, mama, I want my own room. And she slept on me in our bed for the first few months. And then she moved in between us and it was beautiful. And I loved it so much. I loved it. I loved it. But then when she outgrew, she was sleeping like in a little bed in between Nick and I. And then when she outgrew that, the next transition was what we needed to do. And we couldn't fit a side bed onto our bed. I can't remember the name of what those co-sleeper things on the side, you know, those things. 
And so I was not getting any sleep because I was so conscious of her in the bed. I was so conscious. I have friends that can co-sleep and they do with maybe one or two children. I have friends that have two children in their bed and they fall into a deep sleep. And I think, how? How do you fall into a sleep? I was so conscious that the blankets would go over her or that I would roll onto her and I could never fall into a deep sleep. I literally laid there kind of in this very, very light sleep. I don't even know if it was sleep. Like, you know, when you wake up and you think I've been awake the entire night, I think my eyes were just closed. One of those sleeps. And that's what I had for months because I wasn't dropping into a deep sleep because I was so conscious of her right next to me. And it was beautiful. I was in that phase where I didn't care and I'd just stare at her all night and just, oh my gosh, my heart would just be beaming. And so then we put her on a Montessori floor bed next to me. But one time she just ended up wriggling her way off onto the cold floor and my heart just sank. I felt so bad for that. And so then it was time for her to go into her cot in her room right next to us. So our bedrooms were right next to each other, like literally right next to each other. Where her head is in her cot, my head was on the other side. I could hear everything. I could hear if she scratched the covers. I could hear everything. I could hear every little everything. So she went into her room and mama and baba got so much sleep. She sleeps seven till seven and she is thriving and she is so happy and so healthy. And I am getting really good, deep sleep. I'm getting eight hours of deep, really good sleep. And if she ever does wake up, I hear her straight away. And we're not night feeding at the moment, but I would still wake up and go and do the night feeds in her room and then come back into my bed. But that's something that I never thought I would do. I never thought I would not have her in my room. I truly thought she would be in there forever. (laughs) And it really did take me by surprise when we put her in her own room, in her cot. And for when I was breastfeeding still in the night, I would wake up, I would grab my blue blocks reading light and I would go into her room and sit in the feeding chair and feed her. And again, sitting up for me was best because there were times where I would feed her laying down and I would fall asleep and I would wake up and freak out and not know where I was, what day it was. I was so confused and disoriented. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I would literally wake up in a panic a few times and freak out and yeah, just not know where I was, what day it was, where Bambi was. I'm like, is she in the bed? Is she in her cot? Like, so for me, sitting up and feeding was best. And I found a really comfortable feeding chair with my feet up on a stool and that was best for me. So I would go into her room. I would sit up in my chair. I would feed her. She would fall asleep in my arms. I would hold her. I would smell her. I would just sit there until she was in a deep, deep sleep. And then I would place her back in her cot and leave the room. And she was sound asleep. And it was really, really beautiful. So I never thought I would not have her in my room, but she was right next to me, right, right next to me. And I could hear everything. And that's what works for us. That She's getting great sleep, seven till seven, and this mama is getting sleep. And 
I just love sleep so much. But if you were a mama that can sleep deeply with your babes in your bed, then amazing. Teach me your tricks because I would love to be able to do that. But for me, it wasn't working. And I know how important sleep is for my physical and my mental health. And so I needed to make sure that we were both getting good sleep. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is that you and your babes are getting good sleep. And if either of you is not getting good sleep, something needs to shift. So if you are not getting good sleep, something needs to shift. If your baby is not getting good sleep, something needs to shift. Because we all know the importance of sleep. Almost every single expert that I have had on this show has mentioned at some point the importance of sleep for your physical health and for your mental health. And think about your baby as well. If they are not getting good quality sleep, they're not going to be developing to their fullest potential. They are growing and developing so rapidly that we need to support them with good sleep and setting up really good quality sleep hygiene from the beginning is very important. And they copy everything that we do. Monkey see, monkey do. So if you want them to have really good sleep hygiene, you have to have really good sleep hygiene. So remember, they are watching everything. And if they see you with bright lights on and with the TV on and on your phone at night, then that's what they will learn. So make sure you have really good sleep hygiene for you and your babe. And remember that they are watching. This leads me to number four, the fourth thing that I never thought I would do since becoming a mom, and that is having her in a cot. So we didn't actually get a cot until Bambi went into her room, which was around that five-month mark. I think it was around there. I can't remember. But I never thought we'd have a cot. I always thought I would use the Montessori floor bed because for me, I thought a cot felt like a bit of a cage and I read that they were more invented for the convenience of parents. And back hundreds of years ago, we would have all slept together in one place and we wouldn't have had separate rooms and cots. And so the Montessori floor bed really interests me. So basically, for those that have never heard of the Montessori floor bed, it's basically a mattress on a floor, right? And the idea of the Montessori floor bed is to give your children autonomy. It's to basically tell them that you trust them and that if they wake up and they want to go over and get a book or a teddy and have a play and then come back, you're basically saying that you trust them. But for me, and we did have her on the Montessori floor bed for a little while, I could never fully relax. Like during the day when she was having her day sleep, I was constantly checking on her. I was thinking about it all the time. I was worrying about it and I wasn't able to ever get any work done and I couldn't drop into that sleep. And so we got a cot, a beautiful cot from Sacred Bundle, which I absolutely love. It's so beautiful, natural materials. And we got a beautiful organic mattress from Natural Bedding Co. It's latex and hemp and it's really beautiful. And as soon as she was in her cot, I felt like I could exhale and I could finally, you know, get a really, really good night's sleep because I knew that she was safe, that she was okay, that nothing's going to happen to her. So I was able to really relax and drop into that deep sleep. 
And I think to be honest, the most important thing is that baby and mama, like I said before, are getting good quality sleep. So do whatever you need to do to make that happen. We all know just how important sleep is. So make sure that you and babe are getting really, really good quality sleep. And something else that you could check out is Dr. Golly's sleep program. Now, Dr. Golly has been on the podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes, but I did his programs and they are amazing. And they talk to you about routines. They talk to you about wake windows. He gives you different techniques, different settling techniques, burping techniques. Like it's jam-packed. So I highly recommend checking out Dr. Golly's programs. They are amazing. And he has all different ones for different ages. They're just so helpful. And I constantly refer back to them for different things. And he's got really great routines that you can just print out of when to feed, burping, everything. It's really helpful. So check out Dr. Golly and make sure you listen to the episode with him on the show. The fifth thing that I never thought I would do before I came a mama is do sleep and feeding routines. For the first five months of her life, I breastfed on demand and she slept whenever, wherever. And then my back was so sore and I was so exhausted that something needed to shift. So I followed Dr. Golly's routines and also Tizzy Hall has some great routines of when to feed and how long they need to sleep and how long they need to be awake. It's, it's great. And I didn't know any of this information. Like I mentioned before, I didn't know at six months they need this many hours of sleep a day. This is their wake windows. This is how much you should be feeding. I didn't know any of this stuff. So having these routines as a guideline as a basic structure was really helpful for me. And so I kind of did a mix of Dr. Golly's routines and Tizzy Hall's routines and then tuned into Bambi and she kind of naturally fell into a routine anyway, but you know, I kind of looked at theirs and it was just so helpful. It was a game changer because I finally had some direction and some structure. And as a first-time mom, I literally had no idea how many times I should be feeding. I thought every cry was a hungry cry, which is not true. Not every cry is a hungry cry, but I literally thought that every time she made a noise, it meant she was hungry. And so Dr. Golly's program really helped me with that as well. But having a routine around when they sleep and when they feed was a game changer for me. And when we did it around five months, it was just so helpful we were able to get some order and structure back into our life, which was just awesome. And remember that every baby is different and do what is right for your baby and you. And if feeding on demand and sleeping whenever and wherever is working for you, then go for it. And if it's not, tune into their natural routines and then just maybe get a little bit of structure around, okay, well, I feed at seven and then I feed again at 11, whatever, I'm just making this up and do what feels right for you. And then what I would do was I would write the routine out and I would stick it somewhere that we could all see it. So Nick and I could see it. So he knew, okay, at 10 o'clock, she goes down at 11 o'clock, she wakes and we have booby, you know, whatever it was. And so everyone knew the routine. You can stick it on the fridge. It's super helpful to just have a little bit of a routine. It helped me so much. It gave me some direction. I felt like I was no longer floundering, but in saying that, it's something that I never thought I would do. Okay, 
the next thing, the sixth thing that I never thought I would do since becoming a mum is I never thought that Nick and I would sleep in separate rooms. Now, we don't always sleep in separate rooms, but we did for a long time when I was night feeding. And then occasionally he would come back in and then he would go back out and come back in and go back out. And when Leo was here, he always slept in our room and then he would go in and out and in and out. And I used to hear that happen with a lot of parents. They would sleep in separate rooms. And to be honest, I thought that that would never be us. I almost was like, oh my gosh, they sleep in separate rooms? Like, why? That's so crazy. No, we're never doing that. We are never, ever doing that. And here we were doing it. And there was just no point. We were not bottle feeding. She's not had formula. She's never had a bottle. So there was literally no point in him waking up three times in the night when I was getting up to feed Bambi. There was literally no point. If we were bottle feeding, that's a different story. But we were exclusively breastfeeding. Never has she had a bottle or formula. So there was no point in him getting up. Literally no point. So he would sleep in the other room, get a really good night's sleep and wake up fresh and I would get up and do the feeds and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And that's just what happened. And now sometimes he goes back and forth depending if I have had a restful night or not. You know, we have recently just moved house and the week leading up to moving, I was not sleeping because my mind was going at a million miles an hour of all of the things I needed to do. And so I was like, okay, can you go in the other room tonight just so I can get a really good night's sleep? So we kind of do it on and off now if we ever each need a really good night's sleep. In saying that, do you not think that they should create bigger beds? This is what I'm thinking, right, guys? There is absolutely no point in waking each other up all night. Someone rolls over, you get woken up. Someone pulls the doona or the duvet and you get woken up. There is no point. Sleep is so important. Why are we constantly waking each other up? Now, I used to be a gold medalist sleeper, but since having Bambi, if Nick does roll over, it wakes me up. It does. I don't know. Maybe I am not going into that deep, deep, deep sleep. Well, I am actually because I've got my Aura ring and I'm getting enough deep and I'm getting enough REM sleep. I've tracked it. I know. However, since having Bambi, if Nick does move, it wakes me up, right? So this is my ideal situation. We have a super king bed, super, super king bed, or you get two king singles and you slightly push them apart in just like literally like five centimeters in between. All right. You have separate dunas and you're still still together, but you have separate, separate dunas. So if someone rolls over, you don't wake each other up. This is the ideal situation. It's not going to happen in my bed because we have an amazing Samina sleep system, a King Samina sleep system, which I love. It's so good. However, maybe we need to cut it down the middle and slightly spread it so that we can get a really good night's sleep. I'm just kidding. But in Tantra, they are advocates for sleeping in separate rooms because they believe that when you sleep next to someone, you are taking on all of their energy in the night. And they believe that sleeping on your own is really amazing for your energy, for your sleep, for everything, for your health, for your physical health, for your mental health. So there is merit to sleeping in separate rooms. However, there's also merit to sleeping in the same bed. There is something so beautiful about waking up and cuddling 
Nick and I still go to sleep. When we are in the same bed, we go to sleep holding hands every time. Every time we have a beautiful cuddle and we hold hands. It's so beautiful. I love it so much. Wake up, have a cuddle. Oh, so beautiful for your relationship. So beautiful. And getting a really good eight hours sleep without anyone waking you up is also beautiful. So tell me, what do you do? Tell me on Instagram. I want to hear what you do. How do you guys do it? How do you guys both get a really good night's sleep and still feel lovey-dovey and deeply connected? Maybe it's just two beds slightly apart. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I would love to hear. But that is something that I never thought I would do. I never thought we would have nights where we slept in separate rooms. I just didn't think that that was ever going to be us. And we do. And it's okay because I'm allowed to change my mind. Okay. Number seven, the seventh thing I never thought I would do when I became a mom, and that is I never thought I would get help and support in our home. When Bambi was about six months, we hired our beautiful nanny and we have never looked back. We are not meant to parent on our own or just the two of us. It takes a village, right? It takes a village. It's not a one-person job. It's not a two-person job. It takes a community. It takes a village. Now, some people might be thinking, well, I'm not spending that money on a nanny or whatever. And okay, that's your decision. However, utilize the people in front of you, your in-laws, your mother, your father, your friends, get a cleaner once a week or get some meals delivered, get support, do whatever you need to do to make this parenting journey blissful for yourself. And if that is getting help and support, do it. Don't feel like you can't ask. Let's master that thought. It's just your mean girl saying, you should be able to do this all on your own. It takes a village, my friends. It takes a village to raise children. And having support has been the best thing for us. I love her so much. She has become one of my closest friends. I could never have dreamed that I would have this angel in my house who is so aligned, who is just a walking earth angel, literally a walking earth angel. I'm so grateful to have her in our life. She is, oh, I just can't rave about her enough. So having that support is amazing. So she takes Bambi for a little bit of time in the morning. And then when Bambi's sleeping, she is helping around the house. She is doing some cooking and she is doing some cleaning and some house stuff. And it's just so amazing. Oh my goodness, it's just amazing. So I highly recommend getting some support. And just remember that you can ask your in-laws, your mother, your father, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, your friends, whoever, but get support. Master that thought of, I can't ask for help. No. Yes, you can, my friend. And people want to help you. They want to support you. We love supporting each other. So put your hand up and say, I'd really love some support with this. You know, it's beautiful. Could you just come over and watch my babe whilst I have a shower? You know, that is so helpful. So in the morning when Tiff has Bambi, I'm able to have a shower and eat my breakfast in that time by myself. It's so amazing. It's so amazing and so helpful. So that's something that I never thought I would do since becoming a mother. And yeah, I changed my mind and here we are with help. And it's so, so beautiful and supportive. And Bambi just loves her so much. Oh my gosh, they are so cute together. They are just absolutely beautiful together. Okay. The last thing 
the eighth thing that I never thought I would do when I became a mom, and that is night wean. So at almost one years old, at around that 11 and a half month mark, I night weaned Bambi. The reason I night weaned her was because I got a cut in my nipple, a very, very painful cut in my overproducing boob, my power boob, I like to call it. So in that boob, which is the one she mainly feeds off, I got a cut in my nipple and it was so painful because she must have been sucking a lot harder because I think she was teething or maybe she was just uh, having more booby or maybe she was staying on there for a lot longer because she was teething. I can't remember, but this cut was so painful. It was like someone was sticking a knife in my nipple and wiggling it around. That's what it felt like. It was toe curling. It was so painful. And I did the silverettes. So I put the silverettes on there during the day, which if you don't know what silverettes are, they are amazing. They are these, they look like a little nipple shield. They're just silver little nipple shields that you put on your nipples in between feeds and they're really healing. Look them up. I'll link to them in the show notes. Check them out. They were a game changer. Oh, so good. So I would put the silverettes on during the day in between feeds and night and it wasn't healing. And I thought, what am I going to do? I spoke to my lactation consultant and she said, you may need to night wean just to give your nipples the time to heal overnight, that opportunity to heal overnight. And I said, but I don't want a night wean. I wanted Bambi to just naturally night wean herself whenever she was ready. And I was crying because I was in so much pain. And she said, Melissa, but you matter too. And your needs matter too. And I know you want to keep feeding her, but it is excruciating for you every time you feed and you matter too. And when she said that to me, a weight lifted off my shoulders and I could literally feel my whole body soften and I exhaled and I reminded myself that, yeah, I do matter too and my nipples need to heal. And so I spoke to Dr. Golly, who is now a good friend of mine, which I'm so grateful for. And I spoke to him about night weaning and he gave me some advice and we did it. It took three nights. And what we did was if she was unsettled, Nick would resettle her and put her back down. And we did that for three nights. And then after that, she slept through the night. And mama had her first eight hours sleep through the whole night. And I felt like I could run a mountain four times. I woke up and Nick was laughing because I was like, let's go, let's do this. And he was like, you are hilarious. I've not seen you with this much energy in so long. So oh my gosh, it's amazing what a good night's sleep can do, hey? But that's something that I never thought I would do. I never thought I would night wean. I always thought that she would just night wean herself whenever she wanted to, but it got to the situation where I needed to and my nipple needed to heal. And yeah, now she sleeps through the night and it's blissful. So they are eight things that I never thought I would do since becoming a mum. And I'm sure there's going to be lots more. Maybe I'll do another episode on those for you. And to be honest, I was a little bit apprehensive about doing this episode because people can be at times very judgmental and very mean. And I'm sure there'll be people that judge me for my decisions. But just remember that 
you don't actually know what's going on for someone else. And we're all doing the very best that we can. And this mothering gig ain't for the faint hearted. It is big and it is beautiful. And we don't need anyone else's judgment on top of what we're already doing. We don't need each other's opinions and judgments. We just need to love and support each other and not judge each other. Whether you're a mother or in any situation, the more that we can love each other, that we can respect each other, that we can honor each other, the better. So I really hope that this was helpful. And coming full circle, I just want to reiterate why I wanted to share this episode. And that is because it's okay to change your mind. And maybe there's something that you're experiencing right now in mumhood for you or in your business or even the way you eat or a belief system. And maybe you have had that thought or that belief for a really long time, but now it doesn't resonate with you anymore. And that's okay. Give yourself permission to change your mind, to let it go and to come back into your heart space and do what feels right and true for you, always and forever. Do what feels right and true for you, and you can't go wrong. And if in hindsight you look back and go, hmm, that maybe wasn't the best decision, it was in the moment. So give yourself some grace, love yourself through it all, and remember that you are allowed to change your mind. And you're allowed to change your mind a million times if you want to. So I really hope this helps. I really hope this was helpful and I adore you. Thank you for being here. And mama, just remember that you are doing an incredible job. I see you. I love you. You are amazing and you are doing such a great job. And if this resonated with you, if you loved this episode as much as I did, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more mamas together. And it also means that my episodes will just pop up in your feed. Now, please come and connect with me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me what you got out of this episode. I would love to hear and I would love to hear if you have changed your mind about something recently. Come and share it with me. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.